Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode number 131 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. I just got a shipment of Couchtown Coffee in, and I'll tell you what, it's some of the best coffee I've had to date. Why is that? It's because I can never choose whether or not I want medium roast or dark roast. And guess what? I got a blended roast this time. That's custom coffee. <laughs> made just for me and they can make it just for you too all you have to do is go to couchtowncoffee.com they will roast coffee specifically for you and ship it to your house that's hard to beat the only way you can beat that is by entering the code word audible farm when you make a purchase and they'll give you 20 percent off that's not my doing that's couchtown's doing so thank you very much couchtown for supporting the podcast week after week if you guys drink coffee in the morning and i bet you do you should probably make it couchtown thanks couchtown this episode is also brought to you by Broken Strings. Broken Strings is a not-for-profit organization started right here in Iowa with the goal of giving an instrument, a guitar as a matter of fact, to a student in every school district. So there's going to be one guitar given in every school district to a student that um, might not otherwise be able to acquire one or uh, somebody that wants to learn how to play guitar, etc., etc. If you have any information that you want to, you know, if you want to donate money, time, gear, or anything like that, uh, hit up Broken Strings. The, the links are in the bottom. So just find Broken Strings on social media. Let them know that you may or may not want to make a monetary donation or a gear donation. Or if, you want to, uh, if you're in a band and you want to put on a show and donate the income from that show to Broken Strings, I guarantee you they would be more than happy to have that. So hit them up on social media. The links are down below. It's a great cause. And uh, I got to say, I've, I've been doing a little bit of work on the side for them, helping set up some guitars and things like that. And it's... It's very rewarding. It makes me feel very good to do, and it's nice to see all these people donating their time, energy, and money to such a great cause and something I believe in. So thank you very much, Broken Strings. Check them out. All the links are down below. This week, I'm sitting down with Harold Waits. Harold is the guitarist in Callus, as well as As For You, and I've played with As For You a few times, and I've seen Callus a handful of times over the years. And it's one of these, this is one of those awesome interviews where uh, the more I got to know Harold, the more I realized that he knows people I know, and he's been in bands with people I know, and he's been in bands with people I've interviewed. He's such a positive guy, and that's one of my favorite things about finding some of these people on the internet uh, that are musicians, is I, you know, like, we talk about a little bit in this episode that sometimes you think, oh, this guy plays metal, he might be a little gruff, and then you find out, like... Oh, no, Harold is not only harmless, he's one of the nicest people I've met in the music scene. So that's one of those things where you don't judge the book by its cover. And I, I love talking to people and getting to know them. And hopefully you guys do, too, to realize that we're all musicians, we're all in this together, and we all have the same struggles for the most part. So hats off to Harold. Uh, this episode's great. We talk about how long he's been playing music, where he came from, bands he's joined, bands he's been in, bands... That he's music he's still making it's it's insane they got he's got two different recording sessions set up with two different bands with uh as for you and Callus and so sometime in the next year we're gonna see some releases from those guys so I'm excited I'm excited to hear what new music comes out of that camp and I'm also excited for you guys to listen to this interview because like I said Harold's a great guy and I think you guys will enjoy this as much as I did so this is episode 131 with Harold Waits guitarist for Callus and the band As For You. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. 
All right. Today I'm sitting down with Harold Waits. Harold, you and I have actually played a couple shows together. I'm in uh, Three Finger Betty. You are in As For You, as well as Callus. And, uh, we, you know, like I said, we played a show pre-COVID together. And then, mm-hmm. we, pl- and then we played a show recently at uh, Boggs uh, for Boggs's birthday bash, which was Boggs's birthday. Yeah, absolutely. That was stellar fun time for that show. It was, it was tons of fun. And, uh, it you know, it's one of those things. Every time I see you guys play live, it's, uh, it's, it's when you see somebody the first time, sometimes it's not memorable. When you see them the second time, you're like, Oh, I remember this. And it, it right. comes back and it, it like re imprints itself on your brain. And that was one of the things I remember seeing you guys in as for you playing at the birthday bash. I was like, wait, I've seen these guys before. And then, you know, we were talking before the podcast. It was like, Oh yeah, we played at Woody's together. And that it, I started tying it all back together. I'm like, that's why it's not just deja vu or some false memory. These, right. you know, so it's really cool to be able to tie all this back together and, and figure out who's who in the music scene. And, uh, you know, we talked about it before the podcast started again, but like, uh, thank you for like, you know, coming up and saying hi after the show. It's some of that kind of stuff. It's not lost on me, the importance of that, you know, musicians supporting one another. So, yeah, well, I just want to recognize you and shout out that, uh, I've been watching the podcast. So. Uh, dude, yeah. I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that it's one of those things where it's like the podcast, you might not know everybody, but when you see someone you know, you're like, oh, cool. I want to I want to check this one out with this guy, you know, or whatever. So, Yeah, you just did one with Brad, with Brad Hansen. And uh, I was in a band with him, uh, Bordeaux, and I played bass in that band when he was on guitar. And uh yeah, so it was weird. I saw that. And now I find myself going. I'm, now I'm flipping back through all your episodes <laughs> yeah. and watch and watching all of them. Find out who all I know and all that good stuff. But yeah, that was actually something I thought was. Uh, you know, Brad's from up north here, but he's he no longer yeah. lives here. But he's he right. spent time in the Des Moines music scene with you guys. And then I saw you comment yep. on on the on the YouTube video, and I was like, oh, how does he how does he know these people? You know, it's one of those things. Small. Yep. It's a big small music scene in Iowa. You know. Right. So right. it's, it's kind of crazy to see that these people tie in together. And that was like another thing was was talking about this. You said uh, you were in Callus, and I was that was another one of those like light bulb things where I was like, oh yeah, you were you're in Callus. I saw you at that Woody's show, and I mean I've seen Callus. Right. I remember watching Callus like like ten years ago when I used to go down there for shows and stuff like that. Um, in what I would call in my my it's like the dark mirror days when they were still romping around. I All used right. to go to a lot yeah, of their yeah. shows. And you guys shared the stage a decent amount of times. Yeah. I mean, they came back, and I don't know if they're still back or not, but they did that one-off show last year. That was pretty cool to see them come back. So uh, let's let's get down to it. How how did you get involved in the music scene in Iowa or anywhere? What was the first bands you joined? Yeah, I, I moved here. I'm from Denver, and I moved here in 96, and I was... I had been driving a semi. I've been. I ran all, all, uh, all forty-eight states for a few years, and every time we came through Des Moines, I had a friend here, and I'd park my truck at the, at the truck stop, and we he'd take us to the fair, and all the other stuff, and we'd say goodbye, and we'd go back out on the road, and my wife got tired of kind of riding around in the truck. She was with me for about a year. Her and the dog. We put everything in storage, and took her and the dog, and we had a big seventy-four inch. Uh, condo for a truck and we lived out of the truck for a year we just ran the whole country and it was amazing and but after about a year she'd had about enough of that so he's like man we 
every time we stopped here in Des Moines, I mean, it was such cool people. It was laid back, you know. I was tired of the, the Denver big cities bull crap, and and uh, so we decided to settle here. And that was in '96, and we haven't left since. Oh wow! And, uh, I just got a local job running uh, gas around here and soybean oil, just doing a kind of like short runs. So I was home about every night. And then, uh, but then I got involved with some guys. I was always self-conscious. Uh, I never wanted to play in front of anybody. You know, I was always, I sucked and I didn't want to embarrass myself. And this one guy kind of got me, got me going. And, it, and all of a sudden I just, I met some people. We, I was actually up at the, at, uh, the corn, uh, family values tour in Omaha when I met my first singer <laughs> and oh, about a month after that, we all kind of got together and, and the band was called nothing. And that was, it was, that was my first band and we went for a couple of years. And then from there that kind of went South. And then I joined a band called dome shot and ran with that for a couple of years. And then when that went astray, um, there was a spot open in Callis and uh, Joey Corlano had just joined that band as well. He'd been in the band for about a month. Uh, Joey uh, drums for my future sin now, but uh, he was in smile and Jack back in the day, back in the old days. And uh, when, when I was bebopping around in nothing, he was bebopping around in smile and Jack. And he just said, Hey, we're looking for another guitar player. And, and literally it had been about, Two, two or three days since uh, Dome Shot had broken up. And I went over, and that was it. I was in Callis the whole time up until Norm left in 2012. So this good 20-year run. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I got to touch back on, you, you were talking about how you were a little bit self-conscious when it came down to, to playing music live. Yeah, oh I, yeah. I identify with that so much. And I just want to say, I don't know if, if your talent has increased since, you know, you first started or what, but like, dude, you shouldn't be self-conscious, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm, I'm trying to get better, but I, I did it backwards. I went in the military right out of high school and so I didn't, when I joined nothing, I was in my thirties, you know, I didn't, ever, I never even got serious with the guitar until I was in, in my mid thirties. So I did it backwards. Everybody's like, man, you're like 55 years old. What are you doing? Still playing in a metal band? I'm like, I still love it. I did. I'm not burned out. I just, I got a late start on all this, you know? That's and so I kind of did it backwards. I did the military thing first and, um, I'm a air force intelligence veteran and, I bebopped around the Air Force for a while doing that, and then, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's, I, most people, like I said, I, I wasn't the 16-year-old that locked myself in his room for 16 hours a day practicing my sweeps and stuff like that, you know? Yep. Yeah, I feel like our so. I feel like our stories parallel each other a little bit. I I played <laughs> when I was younger, and then I didn't. I like just put the guitar down through literally the majority of my twenties, and I didn't pick it back up until I was like twenty eight or nine, and that's when I was like, all right, yeah. I got to figure out what I'm doing now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sounds like the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, I was the same way you were when I first started figuring out what was going on. I was just like, I don't know if I'm really that good. I'd go around to jam nights and right. go watch shows and be like. Man, these guys are these guys are so much better than I am. I don't I don't, I don't know, exactly. you know. And somebody finally was just like, just just here's a guitar, just just play some stuff, just some easy blues or whatever next to this. And it was like, 
all right, yeah, I think I can do this, you know, and it, it somebody right. built up the confidence enough for me to join another band, and I mean, yep. that's, that's with the Three Finger Betty guys, and ever since then, it's I've been off and running with it, you know, just doing like little side projects with people or accompanying other folk musicians and things like that around the state, and it's it's fun, man. It's one of those things where I feel like having one of those buddies around that kind of helps you you know, push your confidence level is very important. It's, it's underestimated. I don't feel like there's enough people that do that. And if you can find a scene that'll help you with that, it's, it's very important. So, right. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, it's just once I got, I mean, the first show we played was, uh, it was a laser battle of the bands at super toad. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to super toad or not. Nope. But I, I know the name. Yeah, they tore. They've, it's been torn down for years now. But there was a battle of bands, and it was us, Painface, Shiloh Church, and Smackdab. And that was the very first show I'd ever played in that place. There was eight hundred to a thousand people in there, and it was just the craziest vibe I'd ever got. And when we got done playing, I was like. Yeah, I can deal with this. <laughs> I, I, I think I could deal with this for the rest of my life. And uh, yeah, and I never looked back from there on. I just always enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those other things. Once you get one of those experiences, it's it's nerve wracking to play in front of that many people, especially some of your first shows and things. But like when yeah, it's all said yeah. and done, you're like, oh, this is worth it. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, but, uh, I mean... Recently, I saw you guys with uh, As For You, and like I said, I saw saw you guys with Callus last year, and then I've, I mean, I've seen you guys with Callus, seen you with Callus, like, uh, like I said, almost 10 years ago, you know, it's been, right. and that's that's how long you've been with them, right? Or have you been with oh, them since their that. inception? Well, no, Norm and Ron started it back in like 94, down in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, dang. And, and then he... They, him and Ron had moved down there. They started Callus down there, but then ended up moving back here to Des Moines. And then they got some other players. And I met them through, well, I was still in nothing. We were playing with them. We did a few shows with them. And uh, that's how I got to know Norm and all of them guys. So when I was, when I had gotten finished with all my other bands um, and that spot was open in Callus, it seemed kind of natural for me to go there and, and jam with Norm. So. <clears throat> but yeah, that was, gosh, time frames now, probably 2004. Wow. Gosh. I mean, there's a little bit of an age difference between us, but that's, I mean, I was yeah. probably, I didn't jump into the music scene down there until like 2007 or so when one of my buddies jumped in the music scene, um, Clint, the drummer for uh, Dark Mirror and, and Three, oh, yeah, fin- yeah. And Three yeah. Finger Betty. I mean, I grew up with him locally here. He was one of the guys when i was in high school and had a band he was the drummer so that's kind of how i got my end of the scene was was him jumping around and putting his name on the map down there and then i kind of just buddied up with him and there's like we said there's something to be said about having a a buddy down there or having a friend or or putting your name on the map somehow you have to have somebody because it's kind of just weird to to answer those Craigslist ads or those Facebook ads, we're like, we're looking for a bassist. And it's like, well, I don't know any of these right. people and I don't know if they'll like me or, <laughs> or if our styles are going right. to mesh or, or personalities or, you know, so it's, yeah. it does help to have some, some friends down there. And that's another thing, like sure. uh, you're playing in nothing and you're playing with other bands. And instead of, 
I mean, it's it's not like it's a thing all the time, but there's like we talked about earlier. Sometimes there's a little bit of competition between bands, just based on the fact, yeah. you know, in Des Moines scene, there's hundreds of bands, so there's there's a lot of. And I, it's not like we're elbowing each other trying to book gigs or anything, but it's there's right. only so many places we can play. So if you can buddy up with people instead of being competitive with them, it it helps out a sure. lot, you know. So and people notice always, that. Yeah, we've always been that kind of band, you know. We don't. And back when I got started, when I was in Nothing Days, and then even just after Nothing, man, there were there were some. I'm not gonna name names or anything, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know there, there was some. Uh, you can't be seen talking to that guy, you know, yeah, yeah. referring to me, referring to me. Oh, wow. Because, because, because I, was, I was in a, like a lesser band than them, you know? Yeah. And I was like, that's not me, man. I mean, I'll jam, we'll jam with anybody anywhere in your living room. We don't care. We have mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout the entire, our entire uh, span of being in a band. We've never, we do free shows for charity all the time. I, I don't have enough hands to count how many free shows and merch and everything else that we've done for the community around here in Des Moines, from the homeless to the hungry to you name it. Um, yeah, that show. That's, so I think that's, that I think show that's we, how it should be. <laughs> that show we played at Woody's was actually a, a charity show for Toys for Tots. If you remember yeah. that, they uh, they had a place in the entryway, and it was literally a box, and your entry fee was donate a toy. And by the time right. we went on stage, because I think we ended up headlining that show based on the fact that some people had some stuff to do. But that place, you almost couldn't even walk through the front door. There were so many toys in there by the end of it. I don't know, right. if, you, I don't know if you remember seeing that, but it was just like, dude, you're yeah, going oh, to yeah. you're, you're have to move these toys somewhere because people can't even haul gear in here anymore. It was so <laughs> packed. It was like, yeah, that was one of my first uh first times ever seeing that much support for the scene down there because it was just like man there's there's only i mean it's there were six bands i think on that show but it was still just like i can't believe how many people came in showed their support for the music for the venue for toys for tots and everything everyone was very supportive of one another and it was really cool to see that um like i said it's Man, it's 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 really it's really refreshing to see that that was happening because because like we said, there's a lot sure. of bands down there and and it's just one of those things where I feel like it parallels the music or the the pro wrestling scene. I got involved with that. I'm not a wrestler at all, but I was a fan. And there's just so many pro wrestlers throughout the state that some people would work for less than others, and some people would get mad because oh, this guy works for free, so the place booked him. And it's like, well, you just got to understand, there's so many people down there, you know, and that's just the way it works. Uh, when there's only X right. amount of venues and this many people want to play the shows, it's just kind of the way it works out. So there's no reason to get mad at anyone for for right. getting a booking you didn't get or whatever. So, and that's that's right, probably one of yeah. the most refreshing things to see because everyone thinks, oh, metal band, they're these guys are going to be gruff, they're going to be raw and mean people, and you start to find out like, uh, no, some of these metal guys are actually some of the nicest people out there. It's it's oh, weird. For sure. I mean, sure. like head, head, that be, go for it. With that being, with that being said, you know, for for every for every for every band that 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 likes to hate, there's twenty that are great. You know, so 100%. the map, it's not a fifty fifty thing down here like that. There's a few, there's a few guys, and anymore, I couldn't even tell you who they are at this point. With all since nobody's been playing shows yeah. and everything, but. I feel like it's going uh, away. Like I feel like yeah. COVID made everybody realize, like, oh, there's only, you know, like there's only so many gigs to be had, and we have to support one another because, like, 
if you want someone to support you, you got to support them. And it's, it's, right. there's definitely a tit for tat going. And I've, I mean, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, it's, it's cause of good people like us that the scene is turning around. I feel like everyone <laughs> is making the choices themselves to, to really support one another. And it's, it's really yeah. neat to see it kind of go that way. And, um, like I said, you've been down in the Des Moines music scene longer than I have. So I'm sure you've seen it accordion back and forth a few different times. Uh, beforehand sure. we were talking about how, Oh, there used to be like a hundred bands in Des Moines. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, now there's only like 20. And then all of a sudden a whole new crop of musicians shows up and there's back, it's back to a hundred bands in Des Moines, you know? And yep. I mean, that's something yep. I feel like that's got to change your mindset on a lot of things compared to if, if it was like, uh, I'm just throwing out another area. Like, uh, I mean, we talked Nashville or whatever. There's, there's a bazillion bands in Nashville, so it's a lot more competitive down there. But I, I feel like you probably have a little bit, you know, maybe better head on your shoulders having seen the music scene change down there a bunch and still being active in it the whole time yeah yeah i never went away <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just yeah i've seen i've seen the different waves you know like saw the first show i ever saw here in des moines when me and laura first just got off the road it was it i dropped her off in june of 96 and i finished off my runs for the next month and turned my truck in and everything i was working out of cheyenne wyoming cool. at the time and uh, so in July of 96, when I actually came here, was here for a couple weeks, right? And I was like, we need to find a bar. We need to find a place to go. So we opened up the phone book, and we looked at nightclubs. And all of a sudden, we're like, hmm, Safari Club. Ah. So it was like, let's go check that out. And Slipknot was playing. But this was back when Anders was still singing. Oh, wow. So a whole different lineup and everything. And... Uh, so Anders was there, you know, he had his face all taped up in electrical tape and, and this is Josh Brainerd obviously was still in the band. And, and, uh, so that was the first show I ever seen here in Des Moines was Slipknot at Safari. Holy cow, <laughs> dude, Before you want to yeah. talk about throwing yeah. a dart at the dartboard and hitting it perfect. Like that is, <laughs> that's insane that you got to see that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But I've been through the whole safari, then you know, then Harry Mary's, mm -hmm. that whole thing, you know, and it was it was awesome, man. I I got videotape all the way from back to then. I've I've been talking to Laura. I need I probably need to turn these tapes over to somebody and and have them transferred digitally. Dude, that would <laughs> you know, actually be that would be awesome. I bet you could. Yeah, I bet you got some crazy stuff on there. <laughs> I do. I do. I got some. Yeah, I got some stuff. Oh, I can man. make a documentary with all the videos I have. I should probably think about doing that. Dude, that would be so cool. I would be all about <laughs> that. Cause, Cause like I said, I've, I've only been in the scene for like five years in the music scene at all, anywhere in Iowa. You know, this podcast right. is only a couple years old and I like, right. I, like I said, I've, I've talked to a lot of people, but I haven't even begun to scratch the surface of all the cool musicians in Iowa, you know? Oh yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and everything that I have, I, you, know, you can imagine what, even going back to like Josh Brainerd or any any of them old school dudes, um, I, yeah, I, I'm off to. I got a buddy of mine that does that conversion thing. It was he was a customer of mine at Guitar Center. You, you kind of like the, the legacy box thing mm -hmm. where you send them your videos and your photos, and they put everything onto a CD for you. Mm -hmm. 
I should do that and start editing a little documentary. Dude, if you ever get anywhere near scratching the surface of that, I'm having you back on to talk about it because that sounds amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it, well, first of all, it would be a, a Herculean task. <laughs> it, yeah, I got so much stuff, it's not even funny. Stuff, stuff I haven't even seen in a decade. And, it, and I literally have my first our first performance at Super Toad. Uh, Shiloh Church let us borrow their camera to record our last song of our set so they would still have enough tape on to record their set mm -hmm. so they let they let us and I went to Walmart and bought a tape popped it in their their recorder we taped our last song and then uh, that was it and so I do have my very first performance on tape back in 97 that is 98. The coolest part about that is I'm sure there's people listening to this that are just like, what are you talking about? got to buy a tape and save space and like all this other stuff. Any, well, yeah. Anymore, you can just pull your phone out and it's like, oh, look, I have I have full HD 4K quality oh, yeah. video. The audio anymore on phones is actually almost passable enough to just pull your phone out, record something, and it sounds good. It's, I mean, oh. If, you have a, if you've got a phone that's within the last year or two, a lot of times they'll have the ability to compress down the audio so it's not all like, mm -hmm. you know. I, so it's really neat to have that. I mean, that's actually how I started was uh, the whole fact. I'm sorry for redlining everybody's audio there. But, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things I started doing. That's like with Audible Farm. It was like there's a lot of bands out there that have no video of them playing and don't have – like any studio recordings or anything so that's what i started doing was just video recording bands so it's like well at least you have a live set with semi-decent sure. audio to to go with something and i used to just record sure. it and give it away to people and then i was the bad part about that was I, I found out i was recording a lot of stuff and people would never upload it online and they'd be like well i don't know how or or things like that and it was like right. well i'll just start a youtube channel and with your permission i'll just toss it all in there throw all the sure. links to your stuff below and then that'll that'll be that you know so i did that for a bunch of bands too uh and that's actually how i started with this podcast was it was just one of those things where i thought there's too many good bands out there not to be recognized you know especially some of them that that might not have the uh the capital or the income or the revenue streams to to record an album you know properly or or at all sure. even you know or even make a demo sure. so if i could help out in any way that was like the best way i figured i could help out and I mean, if anybody's looking for it, you can go to the... Yeah, it's awesome. If anybody's looking for any video and stuff. I, I haven't done too much lately just because I, you know, everyone's got a, a baller phone now. So it's like, ah, you can do it yourself if you really want to. But I I also underestimate that because I try, I try to help people with their YouTube channels and things like that to try to beef them up right. and make them look better and, and make it easier for people to, to traverse them, you know, and... Um, I recently helped a guy clean up his YouTube channel and, it, and he's gotten quite a few extra views just from cleaning it up. So it's one of those weird things where it's like, if you make it just look kind of sort of professional, you know, people are, sure. they'll take notice. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things in as for you, for you guys that I think is one of the most striking things is if people blindly went and saw you, then looked at your merch table, they'd think, dude, are you guys going to be in Kansas city next weekend? This stuff is awesome. Like your, your shirts, your merch. Uh, I mean, you've got everything stickers, um, banners. Yep. I mean, you've got it all in that band. And, uh, some of that you have to tip the cap to Harpo for that. Uh, all of it. <laughs> yeah. He does. He does all that stuff. He's, he's got his, well, he's got his own company, corrosive company, uh, screen printing. Yep. So yeah, we, 
it's it's a blessing to definitely have somebody like that in a band for sure. I look at Dead Horse Trauma; they did all their stuff in house too, you know, with the octopus printing and uh, it's do it yourself. I mean, do it yourself kind of bands really took off, man. Right after getting signed to a label was uh, in itself was a Herculean task. I mean, Slipknot did it. But that's Slipknot, you know. Mm-hmm. You still got the rest of us here. Yep. And we're not rich. We don't have tour support. We don't have none of that crap. We got nine to five jobs. Yep. We got a family. Um, we got bills to pay. And, and then you got to go on the road, <laughs> you know, yeah. and usually get play for gas money. And, yep. and that's where Harpo and the, and the merch comes in because that offset some of the crappy pay you got um, – you could literally sell more merch than you would ever get paid for the gig. So, uh, yes. So if any bands are listening to this, uh, I a hundred percent say you should have merch. Um, I will Absolutely. say Har- Harpo makes the merch for me for audible farm. He makes our there shirts, our shirts and our hoodies, you know, and, uh, he makes, uh, three finger Betty's shirts, our latest shirt run. He made those, you know, I, yeah, I'm all in like uh, it's one of those things. He was one of the first people I found that had a screen printing company that made stuff like that. So I just hit him up. And ever since then, we've kind of buddied up. And it's really yeah. fun, too, because he's he's willing to work with me. I mean, I had a, a weird shirt order where it was like, I want a dark gray shirt with a black logo. And it's like he's like, that might not work very well. And I was like, well, just print one and see what it looks like for me. And he did, you know. I don't know anybody that's willing to do that just to like one off a shirt just to see what it looks yeah. like. And it actually looked good enough that he was like, this doesn't look bad actually, you know? And I was like, sweet, let's run a, let's run a set of prints for it. And I mean, hats off to him for doing that. And I mean, once again, hats off to you guys for having the wherewithal to have a merch table. Cause, cause like you said, the, <laughs> the pay is not always good and you can't p- always put that onus on the venue either. I mean, how do you expect, right we've all seen in COVID times, it's nearly impossible to run a business. You know, the margins are so slim and you can't just be like, pay, oh, yeah. pay us $500 for the show. It's like, that's not how it works. You know, like, right. You know, sometimes we work for a percentage of bars. Sometimes we work for a percentage of the door. Sometimes you work for a flat fee and it's a small flat fee and you're just hoping and praying that someone's going to buy a shirt afterwards. And right. once, once again, it comes down to having a nice, you know, set of merch to offer people. Cause if you don't, when people come up to you and they're like, what kind of merch do you have? And you're just like, we don't, it's kind of embarrassing. And then you also realize I just lost out on 10 bucks. You know? Sure. Um, I mean, that was when, when unity reformed and I joined up with them for a while, that was something that we, we didn't have any merch and we played a handful of shows and we had a lot of people asking us about merch and we just didn't yeah. have any. And it was, it ended up being a big downer cause we'd go places to like over in Chicago and things like that and, and play shows. And then it was just like, well, um, sorry, we don't have merch. You know, we don't even have a CD. We don't have demos, nothing, you know? And it was, I, it's sad, but it's just yeah, the way it goes. Well, it can definitely make or break a, a trip, you know, for oh, sure. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not like, you know, it's not just for us or just for the fans, but sometimes it comes like, right, like you said, offset the the gas money to go to a show and, yeah. and make or break the trip. You know, it could end up being everyone spent $50 in gas to get to a show or mm-hmm. now we all have our gas money recouped at least, you know, so. Yeah. And maybe a meal for the whole band or something, you know, we go out and, you know, pay for everybody's pizza or whatever wherever we're eating burgers whatever yeah yeah a hundred percent um i even found that starting like it, it, at, oh go for it yeah i was just saying by the time you get home you know you haven't lost any money and, and you still might have a few extra bucks you know 
and definitely dude i'm I'm with that too because i mean if there's something that grinds on bands it's the fact that everybody wants to play shows and a lot of us are willing to and i'm not going i'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek a lot of us are willing to kind of maybe lose money doing it because that's how much we love it but we don't want to lose money doing it right right so yeah absolutely so anything would be nice yeah, if we, if we could all get a thousand bucks a show, you know, it'd be great. You yeah, know? but I mean, then you have to draw a thousand dollars worth of of drinks at the bar, or charge at the door. I mean, it's tough, but like, the, you know, yeah, absolutely. Having that merch helps yep. out. I mean, even recently with Three Finger Betty, we set up a Bandcamp page. We re, we overhauled the one that we actually had, and and we set up the merch thing on the Bandcamp page. And I mean, Bandcamp takes a small fee, whatever. It's it's easier than setting it up on a lot of other places. It just for simplicity, it works, but. We realized right. setting up a Bandcamp merch page actually helped out. People are buying shirts off of there when we couldn't play shows during COVID. And that was one of the most mind-blowing things was like, oh, people are still willing to support us even though we can't play shows. You know, we put out an album <laughs> mid-COVID and couldn't even play a show to support it. <laughs> right. And people right. people were still willing to go there to check that out. And I mean, um, I couldn't find like an online merch thing for, for as for you. But uh, I'm no, sh- we don't. You know. Not I'm, yet. Not yet. When we revamp, when we get the new, um, we're, the weirdest thing just happened. We, we just, t- all the new music we were going to put up on, um, you know, iTunes, Spotify, and, and Harpo got all that going. And they came back and said something about the name of the band. There's a problem with the name of the band. It's too simplistic or something. Hmm. So they, they they're, so it's kind of on hold right now, like as far as like going live on, as far as digitally. I'm like, what do you mean it's too simplistic? Yeah, I I guess I don't. I mean, you got, you got bands called Rush. Yeah, you know, you got bands called you know, or bands who just singer songwriters who use their name, and then there's like 50 other people with the exact same name, and like right. how how do you let that go through and not? Yeah, you know. So yeah. what? Is, what? So there's a little little snafu right now, but as soon as we get that, we'll work around that, and then it'll be available on iTunes, Spotify. All that good stuff, and then when we get our our we'll get get a our, our YouTube page uh, revamped, get all the new music and even all the old music up there. And in my YouTube, that my I got a, my personal YouTube is Harold Waits. So if you go there, I got all the new lyric videos for As for You and Callus, mm-hmm. and I got a bunch of live stuff from back when we were a Jaeger band, when we were on tour with Corn and Buck Cherry and you know, uproar fest and all them videos there. That's all on my personal YouTube site, but eventually we're going to transfer all of them over to the appropriate band site, either as for you or callous. That's, that's awesome. I, you know, and that's one of those things. It takes a lot of doing to get this stuff all organized and put in the right spots. And, and I'm sure you're just as, you know, this just as well as I do. It's like, if you have 50 different places that have all your music, sometimes it's tough to corral all the stats and be like, Where's everybody listening? Yeah. And like, you should probably right. just go to Spotify and listen on Spotify. Well, I don't have Spotify. I got Apple Music, and it's like, well, I mean, it's on YouTube for free. It's like, well, I don't like ads, and then it's like, well, right. it's on Reverb Nation, you know. And then people, it's yeah. just one of those things where, I mean, and nothing against Reverb Nation, but I feel like that's losing popularity over the last handful of years compared to a lot probably. of other sites. So I agree with that. Yeah, you know, so that's another thing where a lot of people put a lot of their energy into Reverb Nation, and it's like, well, now it's kind of going away and now you have to like shift gears and go back into something else you know right right 
Um, I'm they, at- you know, you just got to keep moving with the with the times and the platforms. And as one becomes more popular, you go there, and then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, MySpace. Mm-hmm. And then you go from MySpace to Twitter or Facebook, and it all, it all changes. So you just got to kind of roll with it. Yeah. I am going to let out this little secret here. So uh, if you use like DistroKid or um, I guess what are the other ones, everyone, TuneCore, any of those places and you upload your music, they'll push it onto YouTube music for you. So YouTube music is like a different than YouTube itself. But um, the stuff that's on YouTube music also gets pushed onto YouTube. So if you don't have YouTube music, you can watch it on YouTube and they just pop an ad in front of it. And that actually adds to your revenue on whatever distribution service you use. So I'm just going to use DistroKid as the example. But uh, if you go to, if you upload your stuff on DistroKid and let's say you put like your EP online or a single or something like that, they'll push it onto YouTube and they'll put it on. And I'm just going to use as for you as an example, but they would put it on like as for you topic. And it's like a, a thing that DistroKid owns the, the, the stuff that you're putting on there, but they're, taking everything all the revenue you would get and giving it to you on the on the side so you you can go online and look for um as for you topic and you will find like oh our ep is right here and there's ads in front of it and i get revenue and what you want to do with that is put that onto your youtube channel in a playlist and then people will see that instead of uploading like you can make a video yourself and upload it with the music in the background but if you push that onto your youtube channel people will see that and it'll actually garnish you some revenue whether it's a penny every view or whatever but it's still right. worth it right right and that's something i sure. learned in the last year and i've I started teaching some people that and people are like oh, i've noticed i got you know 23 extra cents this month that i wouldn't have ever gotten and it's like hey i mean it's only 23 cents but you know or whatever you know one guy ended up with like four dollars out of the whole ordeal and i was like that's you know that's pretty cool that you have the ability to sure. to do that kind of stuff so anything to offset the cost even of putting it online because putting your music online is not free it costs you money every single year and it's it's one of those things that people also take for granted where i love it when people like how come your stuff's not on spotify it's like because it costs money and we and spotify pays like an eighth of a tenth of a quarter of a percent of one penny (laughs) every time somebody listens to it or whatever it is so but if anybody's looking for you'll be happy yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly and i hate that but it's just the way it, that's another thing it's just the way the music scene's going it's tougher to to make the money anymore so once again merch yeah. merch is important or figuring out those little tips or tricks that you that you can have to to gain any extra revenue so if anybody's listening to this that's like my secret weapon um you, there are also some uh, distribution sites like uh, I know DistroKid will allow you to actually just blend your YouTube channel straight into your YouTube music channel. So it will automatically just port things between the two of them. And that was right. something I did with Three Finger Betty just to try. And so if anybody's listening to this, yeah. dink around on your, your distribution site or, or find out a way to make a playlist on your actual YouTube channel using those quote unquote topic channels and that'll garnish you some revenue so there's there's the big secret for the week if anybody wants to to try and learn something there's always little tips and tricks that come out of these and sometimes they're from me and sometimes they're from the guests but that's 
that's the one I figured out anyways. So there you go. Um, otherwise, if anybody's looking for any of the as for you information, I'm going to put it in the description section down below. And there's also going to be callous information down below. So that's the easiest thing. If you don't want to search for it, uh, you don't have to just scroll to the description section, wherever you're listening, it'll be down there. So, um, I mean, that's, that's one of my, one of my other things I like to try to do is make it as easy as possible for people to find the music if they want to find the music. So it's there. Um, so another thing I'd, I'd like to talk about with you, um, is, is gear, um, without playing our hands too much, let's just say you've got, uh, a different choice of gear than most people would choose. Um, you use, uh, it's not like it's like, oh, I use weird baritone guitars and goofy foreign amps or anything <laughs> like that, but you use some nice stuff, you know, and I, I, I myself find myself using nice things as well. And there's nothing against yeah. people who can't afford nice things, but it's one of those things that sure. weirdo, weirdo gearheads like you and me notice that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So whatever got you started in that, did you ever like at one point in time, just like, I'm going to start chasing that quote unquote perfect tone or what was it? Um, yeah, sort of. I mean, my, the first rig I played when I was in nothing was, it was a, a crown power amp, a 2000, uh, a crown 2000 that, that pushed a, a Digitech, uh, 2120, uh, effects processor. And I ran that forever and it was crap, but I was just happy it made some kind of distortion. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I just, yeah, and then from there, just like, you know, you you play with other bands and you, you look at their gear and you're like, you talk to them about their guitar and, and about their amp and everything and find out how much things cost. And then you find out, you know, the guitar you're playing on, it was so cheap. And then, and then, and then you finally get a good guitar in your hands, a good, well-built guitar. And it really is a di- it's a night and day difference in how it plays and how how easy it is for you to play. Um, I was I've struggled with certain things on my I had a it, well it was a Jackson, but it was a real low end lower line Jackson. And, uh, and when I first got my first Paul Reed Smith, it's just the weirdest thing. It's I'm like okay I didn't just wake up and become a better guitar player, you know. It, yeah, and then all, and then all of a sudden I'm like, what's going on here? And it, it was just so easy to play, and it was so comfortable to play. I wasn't fighting it anymore. I was fighting that Jackson constantly, and this one there's no fight. Like mm-hmm. the fight was gone, and it was just like easy. Er, yeah. you know. Yep. I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. And once I got that, um, I've been a PRS guy ever since. Dude. And uh, <laughs> you described and it. Eric, you described Eric it beautifully, Kessler. dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it was. I, you, you think a guitar is a guitar, and it kind of is, but when you're first learning and things are hard anyway, you know, it's, it's and then you you get into something a little bit higher end with a little bit better quality, a little better action, a little bit better feel, it really is night and day. And it, it just, I've just never gone away from them. I've had several now. And um, I mean, I, I have an ESP. Uh, Horizon LTD that I love, played it forever in Callus. When I was in between my PRSs, you know, dude, but, I, yeah, isn't that one of those <laughs> weird like uh, double-edged swords? Like when you're beginning, there's no sense in buying a five hundred plus dollar instrument. You just go for the cheapo one hundred dollar, two hundred dollar instrument. Yeah. But it's that weird double-edged sword where it's like it's going to make learning harder. 
But it's also kind of like if you learn on something that's tougher to play, when you finally get something nice in your hands, you're like, oh, baby. You know, like you said, it's like I didn't become better overnight. It's It just became easier to play somehow. I don't know, right. you know. Right. And one of my things realizing that was going to jam nights. And, and sometimes you have to share gear at jam nights because it's like not everyone's going to bring their own guitar or their own amp or right. whatever. And I'd pick right. up someone else's like, uh, I'm just going to throw out an example, but I played like a GNL uh, like a strat, a strat copy. And I was just like, Holy cow, this thing plays nice. You know? And it was like, yeah. it was one of the higher end GNLs. And I was just like, geez, I, the notes just fall out of this thing. I'm not fighting it at all. And it's not even my preferred style of guitar. I'm like a Les Paul humbucker guy. And this thing had some Z coil, yeah. single coils type things in it. And I was like, I can't believe how nicely this thing plays and, right. and how easy it is to play. And that's when I started just kind of being like, okay, I got to, I got to change what I'm doing here a little bit. I can I can no longer buy these like $150 used Epiphone, you know, entry level yeah. Les Paul, you know, Les Paul 100s with bolt-on necks and uh, right. but uh the beauty of it is that's that's actually what I bring with to Three Finger Betty shows is is an old <laughs> cheap guitar that I I rebuilt. Nothing against Betty, but I'm not doing anything super technical in Three Finger Betty, so I don't need I don't need a shredder guitar or anything. I'm playing a lot of power right. chords and background stuff, so I can sure. get a, I can get away with it a little bit better there. But if I go to jam nights now, it's like oh, I'm bringing a, a nicer guitar to a jam night, you know. And so that's that's usually what I sure. what I kind of go for. But dude, you hit the nail right on the head. It's it's weird that you just like pick this thing up and you're just like wow, like you yeah, said, it's like you didn't get better, but it's easier, and it, that just makes yeah, it, all the difference. Yeah, it, it really is that subtle that and little things like that can really and, it, and it, I was just I was excited when I was like. It's like, oh my God. And it just kind of gave me a, a new spark. It's like, what have I been missing? So, and then as I started getting amps. I had this Marshall. It was a TSL, a triple super lead that I had just bought. It was my first real tube amp that I've been using for bands. And, um, but then a friend of mine, Eric Messenbrink, at the time, he was in a band called Boojum. And he had this VHT. He just bought it, and he he had a, a modded-out Saldano that he always played and always loved, and I think he's even still playing it now to this day. But he didn't want the VHT anymore. And I'd been over at a couple of their practices watching him jam, and I just couldn't believe how – he was, and he was playing it with on a PRS. And I just could not believe how full and meaty and perfect – the tone was and he said he was selling it i was like okay so i sold my marshall to blake who was the other guitar player in dome shot with me at the time and i took that money and bought eric's vht and that's the one you saw on stage the other night i've gotten rid of it it's a 50 watt straight up it's got an eq on it and that's a huge thing on the vhts they have some without the eq and they don't sound quite right but the, the one i got it's my tone. It's, it's what I've been looking for. That coupled with my guitar, I don't use. I have a a delay pedal. I have a, a carbon copy delay pedal. It's the only effects I use, and I love it. It's it's what I've been looking for, and I I haven't found anything better. Put it that way. Yeah, I mean that's one of those other yeah. fun things. Once you start searching through some gear and you find you find what you like, and then you're just like, oh, this is this is my lane or whatever, you know, and yeah, yeah. And, and like. Once again, we're not downing on cheap gear. Uh, you no, said you said you all. you ran the Digitech through a, like a Crown power amp. 
I used yeah. to I used to just be like these man these Digitex are no good and dirkity dirk and then I actually went and saw a really awesome musician uh, Travis Larson uh, he's a guitarist he plays kind of instrumental stuff but he had a Digitech pedal on his board and I, I just walked up and was like do you even use that and he's like oh yeah it's on about half the time and it's like so there are ways to make these things sound good. It's not like they're garbage. You know, exactly. this, this guy's a, a exactly. world touring musician and he's got a Digitech like $50 pedal on his board and, and it works. Yeah. And if you find out, <laughs> if you can find a way to make the gear you have work for you, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm super Dude, intrigued by that out. stuff. Um, some like that, that was my, that was my journey. That was my search. And then, uh, and then, and then I got that, that EVH 212 I've been playing through. It's just the perfect sound for me, you know. Everybody's different. Everybody's looking for a different tone. Mm-hmm. Depends on the band you're in, the type of music, the genre of music you're playing. Yeah. Um, so what I'm doing right now, it's perfect for me. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna bring my my PVJSX with uh, two overdrives stacked in front of it to a jam night to play some folk music. You know, <laughs> I'm bringing a little little tweed one by twelve thing, and that's like. Yeah. You know, you kind of sort of have to have the right gear for the thing. It's like, a, I mean, you could probably eat using a shovel, but it's a little bit easier to use a fork or a spoon, you know? So, sure, sure, but, sure. But, you know, that's, that's one of the fun things. I feel like there's there's some people that do go through that quest for tone or try to find that next piece of gear that's really going to help them out or whatever. And, I mean, I, yeah. I'm no different than anyone else. I like kind of digging through gear. And I'm not shying away yeah. from buying a piece of gear, trying it out for a year and then selling it off to one of my buddies, you know, especially if I, if I can find something for a deal and I, and I used it for a while, uh, it's worth, you know, selling it to somebody else for a good deal just to be like, well, I don't know. I, I ended up losing 20 or 30 bucks on this in the whole long run of things, but at the same, at the same time, it was worth it to just try this stuff out for a year. It's almost like I rented an amp for, for like 50 bucks for a whole year and then I can sell it off, Right. you know? So it's really not like, you're like, oh, I bought all this stuff and now I got to keep it forever or I can never sell it or, you know, I'm, I always strayed away from going to pawn shops and stuff like that to sell it because I always figured there's a buddy of mine that's looking for an upgrade. Somebody's always looking for an upgrade. So if yeah, anybody's looking to do the whole shape your tone thing, don't don't stray away. Just give it give it a shot. You never know. Hey, it's it's the great experiment. That's music, right? Yeah. I mean, you you mentioned the Marshall TSL. I've always wanted to try one. You know, I've I've always looked, yeah, I've always looked for one. It's a I'm a big fan of three channel amps. I mean, like a huge fan of three channel amps, and that's that's right in my alley. You know, and yeah, I really wanted to try that one out, and I I just haven't found a a good used price on one locally. I'm not big on buying stuff and having them ship it i've unfortunately had people ship stuff and it gets wrecked and then you have to fight with yeah. insurance and the post office yeah. and, and ebay yeah. and the seller and yeah 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 I, I had a, i had an ebay nightmare with my last prs that i sold you know and uh i won't use e- ebay anymore no uh they don't like to side with the seller unfortunately isn't that crazy it's it's mind-blowing it's so crazy I sold my PRS to a guy in New York, and because it was over $1,000, um, they put a hold on, on the money. And until the guy that bought it gave a review, like a positive review of everything, they were going to hold my money. Well, the guy gave a, a positive review, and they were still holding my money. And it, all of a sudden, like 30 days went by. And I'm going, okay, what's going on? And they're like, 
I'm like, well, this guy's running around New York with my guitar playing gigs, and you guys still are just holding on to the money. Where's my money? And it, it turned into a big, long, drawn-out fiasco thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's you shouldn't have to get a lawyer to sell a guitar online, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Good lord. Well, I learned my I learned my lesson, so. Yeah, I've I know people who have done the same thing. They sell stuff online and and the seller, I mean like the seller is at the beck and call of not only eBay but the person who buys it, and that's not a good way to run a business. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are turning their nose up at eBay and the way they they charge fees and things like that, or like I said, the way they pay you out. Like, it's pretty yeah. pretty junko to do it that way too. Like, oh, we're gonna hold the yeah. money until they leave a positive review. Like, what? That's like, why don't you just yeah. give me the money and then we'll figure it out later and they can make a claim if there's an issue you know there's that seems to be the right, right. way to do it if i was going to run a business right. but hey i'm not running a multi-billion dollar business so i guess you know, whatever <laughs> you're not you're not a crook oh gosh no so. and that's the other thing is like i have sold gear to people before and i i try and test all my gear out but in the off chance i don't test it out beforehand i sell it and someone says this doesn't work i always pay them to return it I'm getting a lot of yeah. feed. I'm getting a lot of feedback here. Give me just a second. I'm going to dink with some stuff. Sure. Do 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 do. All right, there we go. I don't know what the deal with that was. I'm sure everyone heard oh. it in the audio, but I, there was a big swell. I don't know. There's a storm coming, so maybe that's kind of dinking with some of my stuff here. But it wasn't on your end. It's on my end. So it might have been. Wow, well, my dog just shook her head, and her <laughs> ears were flapping. So maybe that's what they're. <laughs> She's a Great Dane, so she's got a big flap. Um, I don't know what it is here. It's uh, I could just have some issues with one of my cords here or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna keep going here. We're we're already getting close to an hour, but I got I wish I could figure cool. out what that was. It was weird. It sounded like some electronic stuff was kind of junking out on me, which makes me worry because replacing gear sucks, and I don't know. What, anyways? Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, that was one of my other things I want to say is like, uh, you know, just having you come up, say hi to me at a show is one of the coolest things ever. And then to realize that, you know, people I know. And then it was just like, dude, I got I got to get in touch with this guy and see what he's all about, you know, because even <laughs> though we've run into each other at shows, it's not like you and I are best buddies, you know, right. playing shows together. And, you know, we say hi in passing, but some of these conversations... Uber, uh we're, we're uh, definitely acquaintances. Yes, yes. And I mean, it's not like we're, we're sour or anything with each other. We just we just yeah. haven't sat down and talked. There's not always enough time it shows yeah. to sit down and talk, Absolutely. especially if, if you guys just got done playing and then you got a whole <clears> bunch <throat> of people that want to talk to you after you just got done playing yeah. and you're trying to haul gear and I'm trying to put my yeah. stuff on stage. It's like... Yeah. It, it's I, I love the analogy of it's like two ships passing in the night. You're just kind of like toot, toot, and then that's... Yeah, <laughs> wave and say... but it's just so weird that you know it's it's a big small music scene in iowa uh everyone sort of is kind of attached to every other band somehow whether through past members or or going to shows or sharing the stage with somebody or or sharing venues and things like that so uh you know it's it's nice to find positive people not everyone's always that positive in the music scene either you know and it's it's just the way it is you know you're going to run into that in the professional world you're going to run into that everywhere it's it's uh it's just the way it works, and it's really nice to run into other positive people like you, you know, and and to and to go to shows sure. like we were at that show uh, at for Boggs Hole Avenue, the Boggs's birthday bash, and there were guys from like Blacked Out World there, you know, and they weren't even on the show, and I was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, this is so cool, everyone's supporting each other, and yeah. you know, at, 
I don't yeah, know. It was a great crowd, and yeah, it was a great crowd. Dude, I uh, I, I love it. I just absolutely love it. You know, and I don't I don't ever see myself jumping out of the music scene, even if there are some trials and tribulations here and there. It's uh, I like playing music, right. and like you said, I'm I'm, you know, we're willing to play music different places for for different amounts of money, or or even for charity. I mean, that's one of the most mind blowing things about you guys is just how many charity shows you've played for different people, and that just you know goes yeah. to show how how we actually care about our community, you know? Yeah. That's what it should be about. You know, that's what we are. We're, um, it's, it's extended family, you know? Um, when we're on the road, you know, we, we spend more times with each other than we do our family. And, and, uh, and then we get out into, into the scene, you know, the different, the club scene, whether it be lefties or, uh, bogs or anything else. It's, it's, it's just like a chance to get together and catch up with friends. And uh, especially during, you know, now in these times when we haven't really been around each other much, um, it just, it, it really is a community and it, it's important to, uh, to give back, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and, and help people that need help. That's all, you know, that's what it's about. Just being, um, being a good person, you know, that's yeah. all. Yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing is like, I used to just be like, I can't believe these guys didn't come to our show or whatever. But it's like, you also got to understand, like you said, people have nine to fives. They have a, a, not only a day job, but a family. They also have, they might be in one band. They might be in two bands. They might be in three bands. Right. Maybe they got a show that night. Maybe they have band practice that night. Bands have to practice sometime, you know? So I, <laughs> yeah, I, I quickly learned to not get mad at people for not showing up to shows. Cause like, there's a lot of Friday shows up north here that I miss because I go down south to Des Moines area to practice yeah. with Three Finger Betty, and it it sucks. But I, everybody up here understands that, like you know, I'm splitting my time between two different scenes, and yeah. I'm, I'm doing the yeah. best I can to support things, you know. And I've even driven down to Des Moines to go see shows on nights where like I don't have anything going on up here because I just like going to watch music and I like hanging out with people, and you know, I yeah, um, I think some of that comes maybe from like like when you started out, you said that you were, you had not self-confidence issues, but you just didn't really know if you fit in or whatever, if you were good enough. And I think that's some of, you know, some of what makes maybe people like you and I very supportive of other people. I always use the analogy of other people write music and I would have never thought of it. And that's some of the coolest things that I, I think about music. I used to turn my nose up at it, but then it was just like, this is, this is like an artist painting something I would have never thought of, you know? Right. And it'd be, it'd be dumb to have another artist be like, I don't like that doodle you made, you know, <laughs> like, so why right. not, why not support one another? And well, you're, you're either lifting people up or you're pushing people down. And I prefer to lift people up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you rather have somebody help lift you up too? You know, so exactly. Oh, man. Exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. it's, it's cool to run into positive people in the music scene. Not that there's piles of negative people, but like, like we said right. earlier, that one in 50 or one in 20 negative people that you might <laughs> run into, it's kind of just like, Ooh, Ooh, yep. you know, and then you, you realize just, I'm not going to be yeah, like that, you know, ignore them and move on Boom. because they're just going to drag you down. And, you know, like I said, I, I'd rather be with people like you and, and, you know, just positive people to where I don't have to worry about that negative anything you know it's like we're all there we're all like-minded we're all friends i mean i've got friends you know in this scene for decades now you know and they're the salt of the earth and and they and all they do is lift people up you know so 
that's who I hang around with. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts. And I'm just going to throw Boggs out as like a venue. But like yeah. every time I go to Boggs and play a show there, it's it, the support that is seen not only from the venue, but from the other bands we play, list is, play with there is amazing. Um, I don't know if sure. he's he's figured out which bands are going to support one another or what, or if he's booking the shows purposefully in that manner. But every time I go there, it is a wonderfully fun time to, to enjoy music and be around people who are yeah. supportive. So absolutely. That's why, that's why we keep going back, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Some people might be like, I need a bigger venue with a bigger stage and more lights and derpity, derpity, derp. But you know, if there's, maybe. yeah, maybe whatever. <laughs> yeah. But there's lefties if you want that, you know, I mean, there's, yeah. there's places to play no, no matter what skill level, no matter what genre you're playing, no matter what preferences you have, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. I mean, yeah. um, one of my other favorite things is I'm sure you know this, but like it's, it's, you can work with a lot of venue owners for, for the cost, you know, different places have different pay structures. So it it just depends on, on what pay structure works best for you at what venue. And and you can find those things too. So if you play somewhere and it's like, well, we didn't get paid much here. Well, like ask them if they can pay you differently, you know, pay a percentage of the bar charge at the door and take a percentage of the door or something, you know, and, and figure out what works best for you. It's, I understand like it's easy to get downtrodden in the music scene and think that, you know, it's not worth it to do what you're doing, but it is, you know, and well, I mean, to some people it's not, and that's fine. Then don't do it. Yeah. Um, a, lot of these, a lot of these bands won't play places like, uh, Boggs whole Avenue. I don't know if they think they're too big for it. And then, but, <clears throat> um, I think some bands might yeah. just be, the way they're set up might need a sound guy, you know, and Boggs is a run your own sound that's, place. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's not like they're better or worse or whatever. It's just a different thing. You know, they just need something different. That's not necessarily offered there, but I, I've never been one to think that like three finger buddy has to have a sound guy to sound good. It's like, no, we can, right. we can make ourselves sound good on any stage. And it's, it's right. nice to not have a sound, you know, nice to not have a sound guy. Cause it almost feels like you're more in control, but it's also really nice to have a sound guy. Cause it's just like, I'm putting this in your hands and you're going to make it sound awesome. Yep. And I don't have to do a damn thing to make it sound good. You're going to do it all, you know? And that's right. Uh, and so, I don't know. That's one of my favorite things I think about, like talking to you before the podcast and running into you at shows. I realize that you and I are kind of like-minded in that sense where we're not going to turn our nose up at different scenarios, different bands. And, and we're, you know, we're generally supportive people, you know, and um, yeah. <laughs> it's weird how parallel you and I have as far as like <laughs> starting late, liking different yeah. gear than most people use and, and, and being so open-minded about a lot of this. And, you know, uh, hats off to you for for being 20 plus years in the music scene and not you know not giving up not souring off you know and or not just disappearing altogether because there's some people that do that too they just just go yeah. away and it's like where did that band well, go and they just just poof vanished yeah i mean as for you we've been through some lots of lots of stuff you know, with Brian, I don't know if, if you have been following over the years, you know, Brian's and Christie's situation going on with the kids. And we just had some real tragedy happen as a band. And, you know, Brian and, and Christy, um, it was hard. It was it was rough. And the fact that we're even still a band is, is kind of amazing. But I think that says something right there. You know, we've, we've been through hell and back. And then back to hell again, and now we're back, <laughs> and we're still here, and we're still kicking out new tunes, and we're loving it. 
life is good now. We've gotten through all the rocky stuff. And, um, yeah, it's still at it. I guess still plugging away. I guess it's meant to be, or, or I wouldn't still be doing it. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's almost like your band is an extended family. Um, I'll, I'll speak, you know, I'll speak, absolutely. I'll speak candidly here. Like with the guys in three finger Betty, I, I had some, some personal issues I needed to discuss with somebody. And I sat down with those guys and discussed it with them and they were all very receptive about it. And it was, I just thought to myself, man, it's nice. It's nice to have people here who are not only my friends, but like really, really look after me and care about me, you know? And it's, it's nice to have those people around. And if you can surround yourself with sure. people like that in the music scene, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Cause yep. I mean, well, not I've that you're, yeah, not that your coworkers wouldn't do it or something, but it's like it's one of those things. I feel like there's a special bond you have with with band members or with other musicians, and it's not sure. something to be taken lightly. So it just makes yeah, absolutely makes makes my uh, it warms my heart to know that that you've found a place like that for you, just as I have found a place like that for me in the music scene. So well, uh, I've, I've been I've been blessed. I've I've been around. Like I said, between the guys in As for You and and Norm and all the all the all the guys in Callus, I I've luck I've been lucky. I've been lucky enough to have like you said, you know, it's it's kind of it's a support group. We're kind of each other's support group outside of our families. Um, when we're as a group on stage or writing or whatever we're doing, we're our own little support group. And even when we're not writing, when things in life pop up. Um, you know, we're, we're always right there for each other. We always have been, and that's, it's just been a blessing. You know, that's all I can say. I, I, I watch other bands tear each other apart, you know, and <laughs> none of my bands have ever done anything like that. And so I'm just, I feel lucky to be with that group of guys, you know? Yeah. It almost is the luck of the draw too. Cause I mean, <laughs> it, it is really sad to watch a band kind of implode on themselves. It's, it's, yeah, it's sad especially a good talented band, you know? Yeah. And I mean, some of that might come from the fact that everyone's that talented and it's just a thing that happens, but it's, yeah. it's, I guess it is just the way it is, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I guess if, if you like the band and you like the music, go support them. Cause you never know what's going to happen, you know, but it's cause not every yeah. band has the longevity and that's, I always yeah. used to just be like, why don't these bands just go for, go on forever? And it, I mean, that's why, because sometimes, yeah. you know, things come up. And I get it, too. Like, in 10 years, people can change and attitudes can change and, and perceptions yeah. on what's going on. Or even just your preference in music genres can change. And you can be like, well, I'm kind of burned out on playing this style. I'm going to go play that style yeah. or whatever. So I never really. That, that was kind of like when uh, when I was in the, the band with Brad, uh, when I was in Bordeaux with him. Uh, it was kind of a southern rock, southern almost country rock type of feel. And, uh, it was totally different from, you know, from, from callous and as for you. And I was playing bass too. So I wasn't even playing guitar. And, uh, so that was a, that was a fun little, uh, departure from what I'd been doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think that's beneficial too. There's so many people that only stick with one type of music. And that was something yep. I found out was like going out and playing, whether I'm playing like jam nights up in up in Barnum with Clint Riedel, or if I'm playing like new yep. new country stuff with Jesse Wilson, it's one of those things where it's like I'm starting to learn things I never would have learned if I if I had just yep. stuck with metal or punk, you know. And I was like that for a while, for oh, quite a while. I was like, if it wasn't heavy, then I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> me, me too. You know? 
I think some of that might also lend itself to why we are the way we are. We start to like maybe realize the mistake we made, you know, where it's like, I just wrote this music off as not good for so long. And then all of a sudden when I was just like, I'm going to try doing what they're doing. It's like, you know, especially with like the country stuff, it's like, man, some of these guys can shred like crazy, you know, and chicken pick like nuts. And I can't do any of that stuff on, you know. Yeah. Vince Gill is just a monster on guitar. Oh, man. Yeah. Vince Gill can (laughs) Man, just incredible. Watching that guy play is, is amazing. But you know what? Maybe even 10 years ago, I'd have been like, Vince Gill? Whatever. Some country dude? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, uh, yeah, I just, I, like I said, maybe it's just the, the evolution. We've been at it for, at least I've been at it for so long that I don't think like that anymore. I love all kinds of music, whether it's country, whether it's jazz. I love smooth jazz. I love listening to these jazz guitar players play. And I'm like, man, you know, it, it's, it just opens up new doors, new windows, yeah. doors that I didn't want to go through when I was younger. Cause I was so focused on what we were doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we were, you know, doing the Jägermeister tours and stuff. And that was just our focus at the time. And I didn't want to hear nothing else. I didn't want to be exposed to anything else. I was just, laser focused on what we were doing at the time and uh but i'm not like that now i i, I love all kinds of stuff all different types of, if it's good music it's good music yeah i, I think and something I think, also has to be said about going to see it live where you're like these guys yeah. are making this music right now in front of me and that's that's one of those yeah. things where you're like holy cow i mean if you hear right. it if you hear it in you know if you hear it on the radio or whatever it's just kind of like ah it's neat whatever but then when you go see it live you're like whoa they're yeah. actually doing yeah. it like right in front of you it's like having some live paint in front of you. Yeah, it's a whole different vibe. It's you know you you get the whole energy you know of a live show and and the crowd and and just the the whole energy, the excitement of everything. You know, it's just it's amazing. It's it's addictive. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. very addictive, especially when you're the one on stage playing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's, it's it's best feeling in the world, man. Oh man! Oh, you and I have cleared an hour here already. A super easy, nice, nice conversation, dude. I feel like we just started. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost feel bad that we haven't talked this much beforehand. You know, and that, that seems to be a common thing. I always like talk to people. I'm like, ah, oh, this is gonna be nerve wracking. I've never met Harold before, and then it's like, oh, he's a cool guy. You know, <laughs> so you start to oh, realize yeah. everybody's a real, actual person. You know, and and we're, I'm harmless. <laughs> well, uh, let's. Is there anything I didn't mention here that that we should have mentioned in the podcast? I think I'm looking at my notes. I think we got most of what I wrote down. Yeah, I mean, we're just I'm busy. We're busy recording both bands. We're recording and we're still in the studio. Nice, we're pumping them out. Callus has about seven or eight new tunes. Cool. We're recording all of them right now. Um, as for you, still recording. We we got four done. Um, we recorded up at uh, Arc Studios up in Ames, and so shout out to uh, Dennis, the owner of up there at Arc Studios, and Dan, who was our engineer, and and he helped you know produce the these last four songs we just released. So, um, but yeah, so we're just staying busy, man. We're just we got a whole new spark going, and we're just off to the races. That's all I can say. We're here. We come. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm stoked to know that you're still out there making music and uh, that you guys yeah. didn't just sit on your hands for the last year. You know, you got to do something. So, yeah. uh, Harold, it's it's been awesome sitting down talking with you. Uh, if anybody's looking for any of Harold's music, it's going to be in the description section. So scroll down awesome. below. 
click on it, give it a listen, give the uh, give the like on the Facebook and the and the poke and the and the subscribe and all those goodies, you know, because believe it or not, they help out. They make us feel good when somebody new likes the page, you know. So so check out all Harold's well, stuff down below. Yeah, I'd like to thank you for uh, for inviting me to come on the show. I appreciate that very much, dude. Absolutely, it's uh, it's been a it's been wonderful having you. It's nice to know that. You know, there's there's people that think like I do and willing to support, and it's it's one of those things from the onset. You, like we said, the metal guys, you might they might seem kind of gruff, but you then you find out like these are some of the most supportive people out there. Actually, you know, they're they, they're actually yeah. really nice people. Yeah. You know, so uh, stick with me, Harold. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm gonna end the I'm gonna end the recording here, but uh, I'll talk to you after I end the Cut. recording. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, bet. Thank you. What I tell you, Harold's such a cool guy. I mean, you can call it fate, you can call it dumb luck, you can call it whatever you want, but I am finding some of the coolest people in the music scene, and they're getting in touch with me, I'm getting in touch with them, they're hopping on the podcast. I had a couple of people at a show this last weekend say, hey, I listened to a handful of your episodes, and they were really, really good, so, I mean, even that just, uh, it warms my heart to know that people are listening to this and supporting one another and speaking of supporting one another, you can scroll down below, find links for As For You and Callus down below, as well as Harold's personal YouTube channel that he talked about in the episode. Uh, that's going to have all sorts of videos from Callus and As For You and, and, and prior bands and other bands. So check that out. It's on his YouTube channel. Give him a subscribe if you like. And enjoy the tunes, man. I Like I said, all the links are down below. Make sure you hit follow, hit like, hit subscribe. Check them out. If you guys are interested in seeing a live show and you're you're okay, you feel okay with the social distancing and the safety and wearing a mask or whatever you guys prefer to do, there is a show. As for you, is playing at Lefties Saturday, May first. That's uh, this year, so I mean it's still a little over a month, maybe about a month and a half away. But it's an all ages show, five to nine. It's eight bucks at the door. As for you, will be there with Section Hate and Further South. So check that out. It's going to be a good show. I'm stoked. If I got the time off, I'm going. Um, I've been picking up a lot of weird bookings lately to play shows myself and accompany other musicians. So my calendar's filling up a little bit. So I, I, in tune with that, I have to say thanks to Harold for taking out time out of his day to come talk with me. Uh, we set up an interview, and then I realized I had something going on, and then we set up another date, and I had something going on that day. And then we were going to do it the day before we actually did it. And it didn't work out because I had something going on. So then we were going to do it on this day. Uh, you get the picture. He worked with me relentlessly to get this done. And I have to tip my cap to him. Thank you very much, Harold, for doing this. Like I said, one of the good guys out there in the music scene. And uh, hey, if you're one of the good guys, hit me up. I want to talk to you too. I love talking to people about music and what they have going on. These interviews fly by. I mean, like I said, I, I could have probably sat down and talked to Harold all day long if, if we had the time. But... We don't, so I just got to say I appreciate it. Harold, thank you guys very much. Check his music out and uh, appreciate it. Uh, speaking of other things going on in the music scene, if you guys are looking for anything Audible Farm, you can go to shop.audiblefarm.com and you can find Audible Farm goodies. There is a new piece of merch in there, but it is already almost sold out. Why? Because I didn't order very many. So if you guys are looking for that, check it out. It's shop.audiblefarm.com. We are also on YouTube. We are on everywhere you listen to podcasts there are also video clips on youtube full videos of the podcasts are available on patreon patreon.com slash audible farm uh those will cost money but it's only a dollar a month that means you get four episodes in a month it only costs you a dollar it's twelve dollars a year 
That's less than one month of Netflix, and you get 50-plus episodes of the Audible Farm podcast. If spending money to support is not your kind of thing, you can still support in a free fashion. All you have to do is like the page, share the page, let somebody know about it, maybe subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's uh, that's always a good thing you can do to help people out. So if you guys are interested in supporting the cause, check that out. That's always another way you can do it. You don't always have to spend money, and uh, I don't really expect anyone to spend money. Why? Because these are free podcast episodes. If you're listening to the intro and outro, I know for a fact you're listening to the free episode. And I just got to say thank you guys very much for supporting it just by listening. That's the that's the absolute least you can do. And next in line would be support the musicians that are on the podcast. This isn't really about me promoting what I have going on. It's about me helping others promote what they have going on and helping them tell a little bit of their story while we sit down here. So I got to say thanks to all the musicians I've had on and, uh, you know, especially Harold this week. Like I said, it was wasn't easy getting in, you know, getting me wrangled into a time that would work for him. But we got it done and. I, it just touches my heart, you know, warms my heart that people will take time out of their day to sit down and talk with me. I get that I'm doing a little promotion for them, but it's still, it's a very big deal to me. So thank you guys very much, every guest I've ever had, and uh, the future guests that I will have. So if you guys are looking for more episodes, maybe scroll back. I, I bet if you know Harold, you probably know a handful of other people I've sat down with over the last two plus years. And... You know, if you don't know anybody that's been on there and you want to be on here, hit me up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm doing my best to go back in time and talk to all the people that I maybe overlooked over the course of the last year when getting together was not quite an option. And some people aren't comfortable or don't know how to use Skype, so it makes doing interviews difficult if, if I uh, don't necessarily have an easy time getting to where they're at to talk to them face-to-face. So... If you guys are looking to chat with me, Skype is probably the easiest way as of right now, and that is how I'm doing a lot of the podcasts. Unless people are local to me and they're okay with sitting down in a room with me, that's the only other way I'm willing to do it. Um, traveling to do the podcast is, uh, gas is getting expensive, so it's getting a little tough to do that. So, Otherwise, hit me up. I'm, I'm more than willing to Skype with people. I've ha- I still have a few people I need to hit up. I got some good guests coming up, so check those out it's coming up in the next week there's new episodes every thursday there's video clips on the youtube channel every saturday and uh like i said those patreon pages have the full video there there's that's some of my funnest stuff there's a few people that do the subscription to that and i have to say thank you guys very much for subscribing to my podcast over over patreon um but like i said if you don't want to spend any money you don't have to this is a free podcast just let somebody know you listen to it and say hey i heard this guy was on here and i think you might like it check it out that's all it really takes, just a little bit of support. And you can even do that with bands. You can do that with your, your buddies' favorite businesses. It doesn't matter. I mean, that kind of support goes a long way. So you don't always have to spend money to support somebody. So thank you guys for listening. I will be back next week with another guest, and it's going to be great. Peace. Peace.